And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Alright, man. I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now we, I don't want to put a sound bite in here. Now this is just how we're going to start. Cause I think that's the way that I see you do your videos. Usually it's like, almost like you're waking up and getting going and then the video just am, takes dude. off. Pretty much the way it goes, dude. I am just waking up and do those videos. Kind of want to talk uh, real quick about the, the stuff that you've been putting out lately. The, mm -hmm. is this stuff you, at one point I sent you a message are you literally finding this stuff from like old stuff you've cast and like you're just starting to put it back oh, out? All my one-offs, all my yeah. slaughterbots and all that jazz. Yeah, man, like I've made so many fucking casts and pieces that I didn't end up using for whatever reason because they weren't perfect or whatnot. Yeah. And like I'm comfortable these days. So it's like, fuck it, it ain't perfect, but you know who it's fucking coming from. It's got a titty fresh fucking paint job and like, Whatever, dude. I'm like having fun just getting to fuck around and like revisit some of my favorite like old buddies, you know? Yeah. I haven't fucking really made a slaughter bot in a hot minute, let alone anything. <clears throat> I fucking sound like I'm dying. <laughs> Jesus. One of those slaughter bots you put out uh, probably this past week, um, it looked metal. Like it was such a metallic coating, it looked like in the picture. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah. The one and it was. All Battle damage. It was so rad. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I, I agree. It was a lot of fun. I haven't really fucked around with that kind of shit, but yeah, that guy was, uh, again, you know, just a little fucked up. That was the one that like was like, hey, you know what? I should just start fucking banging these out. That one was just kind of a little wonky and, you know, it was like ideal for battle damaging up. And um, yeah. I threw my hat at it. And, you know, I, it was like pretty much, I think, my first attempt really at it or putting something out like that. And, it was fun, you know, so I'm glad it got out there. And it's, it's like, <clears throat> I still have one of them because my buddy, um, Artie, who bought it, it's his birthday this coming weekend, you know, happy birthday, Art. Um, and like, you know, it, so I still have this. I can, you know. So oh, that's so rad. Yeah, this little buddy's been hanging out because I'm getting his little birthday package all fucking psyched up. But It's such a clean paint job. I agree. Thanks, man. <laughs> so you, I mean... You've been doing, we, I, I see you on like different social medias and you'll post about, uh, cause your anniversary came up not that long ago about like you started seven years ago, eight years ago. Um, whatever 2014 is to now so seven yeah. years. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and you, we've talked a little bit, you've been in the music scene, you've done all kinds of that stuff. What made you do that initial jump to like from working with some of the bands that I grew up with? 
And then all of a sudden you start making toys. Like what's that jump look like? Um, fuck dude. There's a big space between like making toys and like really doing full-time stuff with bands, like besides like strife, like in my thirties. Um, <clears throat> I, I was tired of what I was doing. You know, I, I was like 34 and like, I, I was making money. I was paying my bills, but I wasn't psyched and I was fucking just I found toys man and it made sense I I wanted to make them you know yeah so I fucking got obsessive because there wasn't any info back then and you know screen grabbed photos zoomed in for serial numbers and little like fucking you know names on the box not even the whole fucking thing like smooth on but it's smooth so I just smooth resin smooth silicone whatever the fuck would show up <clears throat> going finding like basic videos on youtube about molding and casting and like looking back they're all horse shit and i had to sift through all of them you know and there was like one single one that like made sense and actually like was practical in its application and yeah i just like taught myself and it was a lot of trial and error and um you know uh I was fortunate enough to have a friend invest in me to, you know, get startup money to invest in the proper gear. So like I had a pressure pot, you know, from my very first pour, you know, I was using quality fucking products and pieces yeah. and, you know, like, <clears throat> again, that's uh, my buddy Finn McKenty of the uh, punk rock MBA. Like, I don't know if you've ever checked that out on YouTube or whatnot, or on the podcast. I haven't on um, YouTube. It's fucking amazing. He's he's got over like 400,000 followers or subscribers at this point, I think. Um, it's, it's basically like breaking down the business aspects of art. It's all through music, but we can all use all those lessons. Like it's all applicable to any kind of art. And it's yeah. just fucking like insane value and so educational. And on the podcast, you'll get fucking, you know, again, like when you're talking about bands you grew up with, like cats who were in those bands who have, you know, transitioned to like full-time careers and maybe graphic design, clothing companies, what the fuck ever, you know, production, you know, running their own company, like for record, you know, just whatever. Anyways, check that out sometime. I love that. Well, so now that you, we've kind of brought that up a little bit, I kind of want to talk about that because you have this idea of like, um, man, you're like working with companies, you're, you're doing the business side. So, so many of like the smaller toy makers like myself, I don't have to worry about so much of the business side just yet. Cause I'm not doing crazy amounts of sales and I don't have like, um, like companies coming to me to produce for them. But you want to? Yeah. Hell yeah. That'd be so much fun. I'd love to do that. But you've done like what Arby's there's a skate shop. What does it look like to do that side of toy making? um you know just the fucking same as what you're doing you know except for you're getting told what to do and paid really well for it and it's kind of wild to throw that on your resume and uh you know it's you have to take it really serious you know <laughs> yeah um it's nice because uh there's like no inconsistency with like getting paid on time uh you know, it's kind of weird because like it's like that whole like how do you value your art and like your work and at the same time not come off like a total dickhead because it's like, hey, like you're corporate. Like I bet you got fucking bank to throw at me, you know? Mm -hmm. So when it's rates, budget, you know, it's a little it takes a little like um help. Like personally, I got fucking Skinner as one of my mentors. And when fucking Arby's hit me up, I just hit up Skinner. I was just like, dude, what the fuck? 
and he broke it down for me, you know, and it's just like, it all made sense. And, um, unfortunately I still think I undervalued, uh, me and horsey booze work because you never want anybody to take your first fucking offer, <laughs> especially <laughs> like immediately. And like, that's exactly what they did. And like, it's like, fuck man, I should have done like three or four times more and then like, just let them bargain down. But you know, it's, it didn't really like pounce on that, but if anything that you can take away from this, this time you spend with me, if a corporate company comes at you, just fucking throw like not a total absurd number because they're just not going to want to work with you because you're insane. Yeah. But really like value yourself like your mom would with the pricing. There we go. I like that. So how, like, I mean, do we hear moments of businesses doing this with bootleg artists that often or is this a new thing that's happening like them trying to work with like these underground artists almost what what is that about i i maybe i just am new to the scene i guess yeah man i think i think it's just like a, a lack of studying up on like the like whole like culture and what's like happened like since you popped in mm-hmm. um you know I can't fucking honestly tell you, you know, I don't know who's doing what for who and whatnot and like behind the scenes, you know, cause it's kind of whack to be like, yo, Arby's motherfucker. I worked for a corporate business. Yeah. I'm vegan and they're about the beef. Same time. Yo, I'm going to invest that in some tofu. What now? Not really, but you know, um, a lot of people aren't necessarily going to go and say they did corporate work or something, you know? So I, I don't know if it's normal or something that happens on the raves, you know? Yeah, because that's an interesting, um, I've been watching, one of the things that it reminds me of is uh, Chicken Burger Disco sent me this post, Mattel is creating the like prototype, or Hasbro is creating the prototype looking Boba Fett, it launched and it sold out or whatever. And when I was talking to Dove, it made me think of this idea, is it like, are they trying to start grasping at this bootleg world toy looking thing? Are they trying to start doing that? Um because I like it's when I first started a year ago, I had no idea about bootlegs. I had no idea about toy making. But the more I dive into it, the more artists I talk to, this is a huge scene that's developing. Mm-hmm. And it's it seems like more and more companies and more and more things from the outside are starting. To, it's like they're caving in to take a piece of that because they either see it developing or something. Can you feel me breathing on your skin? A whisper on your neck and can you feel my eyelashes begin to open on your neck and can you feel me staring because i'm staring my heart's about to beat you're all asleep and you don't feel a thing and i'm asleep and you don't feel a thing <laughs> you know that's the way i feel about that yeah Hey, I, I, I break in the song a couple more times. I'll be able to sell this episode. I love that. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, it just seems crazy. Uh, I, I think the more I'm learning about all of this, uh, it, it seems, I don't know, it seems like a legit art form. When I first started, I didn't think it was. And the more I dive into it, it is crazier and crazier. And it's, I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a legit fucking like former expression. And I guess there's uh, enough people that uh, care about it to call it art. I don't know, dude. There's like a fucking documentary on Amazon. Some dude spent a lot of time and effort yeah. fucking 
make sure to have come out and fucking <clears throat> invested a lot of jeez uh, travel time i'm sure so i mean yeah i guess it's i guess it's our i, I don't know man i'm making fucking rad toys that's i think that's the best way to describe it like i i saying that i make art meh, but making cool shit i like describing it that way yeah i mean at the same time you know if some person at like the the weed stores like you know ask me what i do i think i'll probably say i'm an artist you know it's easier a lot of times when you say like if you like make this converse like a conversation comes up you say you're a toy maker at least if you look like me you get the eyebrow raised and the most fucking the people you least want to know about their sex life start telling you about their sex life and it's like no not those toys dude shut up <laughs> like fuck like that happens so much. So yeah, no, I'll stay artist at the same time though. So don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's where you're headed though. Sex toys, here we come. No, <laughs> definitely not. It's not in this lifetime. So your time span of making toys, how long, that's seven years. Do you have, what was that first toy you made? Do you remember? The, uh, the duck man. Okay. How many did you, yeah. was it a run? Or was it a one-off? Oh, geez. Let's see. Uh, Duckman. Oh, the first toy I put out or the first toy I made? Which one do you want? Let's do both. Let's talk about the first toy you made and then the first toy you actually put out. Okay. Um, so the first toy I made was Duckman. Uh, just, uh, it was a little um, more ambitious than I was ready for, for from first pours and whatnot. So uh, my first release then was the, uh, the Green Ripper. Okay. Uh, 420 because fucking marijuana bro <laughs> so you know like whatever he was a green uh grim re reaper with like bright pink face and hands and like i took some misfits art and fucking drew a bong and like the crimson ghost hand and like just did a little stapled hair and like there were five or something like i doubt any of them exist <laughs> <laughs> but someone might have those I doubt it, dude. It's been, you know, this scene has such a huge, like, such a high turnover rate that, like, yo, in, like, resin collector years, seven years is, like, 90 years. So I'm pretty sure they've already, like, been shot into space or something. Like, they're they're done. Yeah. Like, no one's still, like, collecting from five years or seven years ago that hasn't one of those five. Like, when you talk about turnover rate, are you talking about what people are collecting or are you talking about artists? Um, talking about like just different collectors, just different enthusiasts, how uh, quickly they'll cycle in and out. Like I, you know, uh, artists too. I mean, all you motherfuckers come and go real quick. You know, it's like a real, real small handful that stick around, but like, it's a fucking hard, hard game to play. Yeah. I mean, I think the conversation I have, over and over again with artists is that this is, I mean, regardless if it's financially viable, if you don't love it, you're not going to stick around and keep doing it. I could say that, that I agree with that. Can you explain, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit and I've heard you say it, um, but can you explain why you think the turnover rate for artists is so high with these new artists coming in? Mm, not really, dude. I don't really care. Yeah. Like what the fuck do I care? It hasn't anything to do with like my, like, process or what i'm doing so let's talk about your process you're coming up with toys you produce you keep going what is that like for you to just sit in your workshop sit and look at your shit until you're like this is what i want to produce what's that whole process look like from beginning to end 
Nah, man, it's just fucking going about my goddamn day, doing whatever I'm doing, and having to goddamn pull up my phone constantly and set alarms and make notes depending on the priority of the new idea, you know? If it's something I really want to get cooked up, molded, and banged out quick, it gets an alarm. And if it's something that needs to be done soon but not immediately, then it gets a note. And I re just go back to them and just bang the shit out. Like, I just pretty much can bang it out in my head. Like, I come up with the concept, idea, and pieces pretty much all at the same time. Just... And it's just like my own goddamn weird head that just, they just come from there. So when you create and you're doing this, what's the time frame? I've talked to some artists. We have people like uh, Sir Collect a lot who will see something mm -hmm. on TV and sometimes bang it out overnight. There's sometimes people take months and months. What? Because I know you got uh, Professor Waffles coming. Yeah, well, Professor Waffles is a special case because generally when i start a run of toys i don't have to evacuate my home and studio because of a lightning fire yeah. so you could imagine that can uh, fuck up the uh, momentum of one's uh, uh progress and after i uh recovered and got everything back together from that debacle it took about fucking four, four six weeks something like that i made uh, about another three weeks worth of progress and uh and the house I was living in sold, so I had to fucking pack up and move. Yeah. And so, you know, like waffles ain't so much a legit uh, measure of time. Cause I mean, I finally just got my new studio set up now. And like, yo, that was August. He got started up. And what are we in May? Yeah. That's not normal. So um, it all depends, you know, like if it's a job, they have a timeline. I just meet that. It's my own thing, you know, like just whatever I want to do, however quick everything comes together, you know, I don't really like make a like, okay, this thing's got to be done in four weeks or like, like what? Yeah. What's it got to be four weeks? Like who, who do I got to fucking like, please just me. So why would I like stress myself out? I think that's what's enticing about you because you're one of the OG toy makers and this idea, like so much pressure gets put on our own selves that we're like, oh, fuck, we got to crank this out. We got to do this convention and do this. But when we. Well, you do, dude, you got to pay your fucking dues and get up there like and get like all that work and get all that shit. Like so you can get those eyes. So you do have enough people that like are like on board with you and your vibe specifically, you know, yeah. man, because like I don't have the most followers, but I got fucking ones like the people who like my work fucking are about it and they understand like you know like you said you you know about me and my vibe how i do shit and like they're into it you know and a lot of uh fucking interest in this stuff is personality based as well as the pieces so i appreciate the folks who don't think i'm a complete fucking moron you know <laughs> i have to remind myself constantly you know that that that's not the case so yeah, I appreciate the people who don't see me that way. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, I think you're, you nailed it. Like you have all these followers and they get you. They're there because you created this, again, this persona type thing of like, yeah, this is who I am. Either you like my shit or you don't. Well, yeah, dude, because I'm not trying to please anybody. So I'm not like having to fucking race every other person who's making something that just occurred on the internet or like you know having to compete with fucking combining homer simpson and darth vader and all that you know like i'm yeah. not pandering 
and I'm not reaching for low hanging fruit. So the people who have the taste for my work, like are on fucking board because I'm not faking them out. It's not some fucking bait and switch. Like, Hey, check out this like pop culture ideally, but here's a bunch of weird shit, you know, like that's yeah. a really hard transition, you know, like, you know, look at like the top tier, like, you know, t- pop artists, you know, this like who are making like celebrity figures or like rappers or whatever, you know, like, can you imagine their fucking fan base if they made something original now? Yeah. It'd go over like a fart in a car, dude. Fuck that. I don't want to live in that dumb corner they paint themselves into, dude. Yeah. I want to live in my fucking little pocket and do my own thing and have my homies that are down for it and support me like regardless, you know? And it's like authentic. Yeah. It's not some bullshit anybody can fucking do if they got Photoshop and some fucking reaction figures. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Earth 2 Aliens have landed. Earthling. I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. Well, you come to the right place. Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys, toys. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys, and toys, 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 and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. Toys. Hey, look at that over there! It's a spaceship! Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com. That's earth2kentucky.com. Or just land your spaceship when they're open. No offense to that whole like community, but all you need is Photoshop, a blister, and a toy. And like, can you fucking tell the difference between any of y'alls? I can't. Mm. But like, you know, if you just are authentic from the get, it, it's a lot easier, you know? It's like, I get to work at my pace and do my thing and people are about it. Yeah, I remember uh, you did a review of a couple of our toys and I remember one of the <clears throat> things you had said a couple times, I don't remember, it was, I don't know who it was about, but it was just like, you kept stressing, make your own shit. You do, you gotta make your own things, man. Or fuck it, you know, don't make your own things. Do whatever the fuck you want, man. I, I don't fucking know. I'm, what the fuck do I know, dude? <laughs> well, we're, we're looking to you. You got to know, because you're you're one of the top guys that we, we see. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So one time I was on tour with Silverstein, okay? Yep. And this was back, like, when Discovering the Waterfront hadn't come out. It was, like, the first, the first um, cycle. Okay, 2003. On, um, yeah, this is the first cycle on what was when broken is easily fixed. Yep. And um, we played, or not we, but that's what you say, you know, on tour together, like whatever. Uh, we had a show at uh, fucking, God, I don't remember where the hell we were, Bakersfield or something. And um, this random ass kid, like Derek, fucking Derek, invited us over to his house afterwards. He was house sitting for someone and they had a fucking party at his house. Oh, shit. It was crazy, dude. And like, this guy walks up to me and he's like, okay, guys, okay, guys, I'll do it. I'll light my balls on fire. And all of us <laughs> are like looking around like, wait, what the fuck? Okay. But it's just like the weird shit that happens when people want to impress other people. And like, he drops trowel, puts a bunch of fucking um, nail polish remover, like acetone on his fucking junk. 
dude's a ginger so it was like wild to see like ginger ball fro yeah and like he's like about to light his shit on fire i was like dude hold on a minute now in my life experiences and i didn't quite word it like this but i said from my life experiences i definitely want it out there that i lit someone's fucking balls on fire can i do that so i took the lighter sparked it up put the flame to the tip of his dick and it fucking exploded in a big fucking ball of flames. And he started hopping around, banging his shit because it was on fire and it hurt. Cause like who the fuck lights their shit on fire? Like, yeah. Begin with. Um, yeah. So that's, that's like what I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. A good dick lighting story to help describe what it's like. Even better dude. Afterwards, the merch guy starts making out with Derek's girlfriend and fucking Derek is going to kill us. Yeah. Somehow or another merch guy fucking talked Derek's girlfriend and his, you know what? Never mind, man. No, you got to finish that shit. <laughs> so anyways, that, that was that. Now we need a part two. You can't just say never mind to a half a story. Well, you want to hear about, um, shit. What else? I don't know, man. So when I went to beauty school, dude. Yeah, we're tangenting right now. Let's do this. When I went to beauty school. Yep. I think I started selling weed to the principal and the freshman intake teacher and the secretary by like the first weekend. Okay. That's what you got to do, man. Sell weed to the teachers. <laughs> You're just giving us good advice at this point. Do that. I never did that. And that's probably where I fucked up in my life. I never sold weed to the teachers. Well, I mean, you also didn't fuck up in life enough to be 25 and going to beauty school. You know, you had direction. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I was just looking for any fucking way to pay the bills, have a lot of money to fuck around with and still be a complete mess of a drunk cokehead asshole. Like, that's why I wanted to do. So I think you had a better plan than I did. What's crazy is on that tour that you were talking about where you played in like Modesto and Bakersfield in there, mm -hmm. I'm assuming yeah, yeah. you stopped in Fresno to play at a place called Starline or yeah, I was at that show. I was there too. <laughs> any, any California Silverstein show from like 2002 ish. Wait, when did we go on tour? I think it was okay. Wait, 2003 to like 2010. I was, I was there. If you were there, I was there. You might have seen me singing the like backup screamy parts on some of the songs, you know, because uh, I definitely, uh, definitely took the mic way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few clips on YouTube of me being uh, quite ridiculous. So I'll send you something sometime. <laughs> That's what I need. And so, I mean, with all this advice and everything, one thing I'm interested in, I'm always interested in the top people's view of the rest of like everyone else in their like, I don't know, niche market or art form or whatever. Are there people or, well, let's start with question one. Where do you see this whole bootleg toy art, whatever you want to call it? Where do you see the scene going? No. Yeah. You think it's almost like, is it going to get to this point and then finish? It's not going to finish, but it's not going anywhere. Okay, it's not just growing. Like, like fucking playing a crust punk band. There's fucking generations of that shit, and you're gonna be able to have an audience, but you ain't fucking getting on MTV, dog. You ain't yeah. fucking making any money. You're not getting any endorsements. 
but you're gonna be able to get by you're gonna be able to do what you want and love and fucking anywhere so like sick but yeah, yeah i don't see it going anywhere more than where it is is there a reason why it won't go up or down or keep going in a certain direction empty fields move me so much more than rooms filled <laughs> up with friends the way the trees look dead reminds me that there's more to life than living you know the words i do not know maybe those words. giving up's not bad but part of letting go of you no i don't know those words no. Oh, well. So with all of, uh, I mean, with all of us then basically being, would you say you're at like the peak of what you do? Would you say that there's anywhere else? Fuck no, I hope not. Okay. No, man, I, I think there's a lot more to achieve still, you know? I mean, you, you, uh, there's still plenty more to achieve, but, you know, I think there's no like, if you're looking for a fucking aisle and target eventually, mm-hmm. or like, you know, a fucking netflix series about resin toy makers like if you're smoking weed with that concept and you're like being able to believe that like i want the weed you're smoking because that's you're high Hmm. i mean i i definitely don't see it ever being a target thing that's for sure because i think that we like appealing to the masses is not something that i think that this genre of art is ever going to do but yeah Dude, like, I think there's only a certain age range that gives a fuck about vintage toys and toys in general. And, like, they're, like, getting older. Like, they're, like, a little bit younger than you and, like, older than me as well, but not too much. And, like, the younger kids, they don't give a fuck about this shit, you know? They give two rips. So it's, like, it's it's, it's, it's only got so much room, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, in working with kids like I do, uh, I remember, I mean, you probably remember it a little differently, but still kind of the same, like going into a toy store and picking out certain action figures and shit that you get to take home. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Bootleg Bonanza! Hey, check out what I just got. Oh my gosh, what is this stuff? These are bootleg art toys. What? Where do you find bootleg art toys? I find bootleg art toys at Bootleg Bonanza. Bootleg Bonanza! An alternative toy store that specializes in bootleg art toys, resin, and vinyl. Oh my gosh, this one's weird. Actually, they specialize in weird. Not only do they buy and sell and trade designer toys, they produce them in their fully equipped studio. Bootleg Bonanza! Where is this at again? Bootleg Bonanza, it's at 200 East High Street, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Or you can head there online at www.bootlegbonanza.com. I don't know. Whose money do you spend on this? You didn't spend our money on this weird stuff, did ya? Um. I mean, what is this thing? Uh. Head there now, www.bootlegbonanza.com, and spend all your money. Bootleg Bonanza! Onion I'm proud. Oh, dear Lord, yes. I fucking loved getting to fucking, like, take some fucking toys, you know, and go to yeah. a toy store and fucking take a few of them goddamn walk around the store holding one just be like fuck that shit two yep. laps of, i don't want this anymore and go back and reset and look for another one so, yeah maybe this one and yeah dude toy stores were rad man like those are uh, unfortunately a thing of the past yeah and i think what's tough is like none of the kids that i like engage with they don't mm-hmm. there's not a toy store they go to action figures are not a thing they buy like that shit's not for them and so yeah you are a fucking screen man fucking kids are all about jesus christ never mind i don't want to go there (laughs) it's gonna make you sound like the old man 
<laughs> I think uh, I, it's tough because like we don't, there's not another generation that's coming behind that's going to pick this up and make it expand. So after a certain generation of people get old, like that's it. That's what I foresee happening. Like that, that could be the end of whatever's going on here. Yeah, man. I mean, there's different reasons to uh, expect this to have a, a shorter period of time than other forms of art. But hey, if the kids aren't fucking battling each other in 20 years for goddamn resources like food and water, maybe they'll want a fucking homo trooper on the wall if they still got homes. If they don't got to worry about a million other fucking things, far more concerning than like a resin toy. To be honest, I, I think what's cool is some of my toys or any, some of your toys go to people that don't like collect art or they don't make toys. So you're making, you're extending your reach into, I, I guess you'd call them random people, like people that see it and think it's dope. So you're kind yeah, of expanding. Exactly audience like that are outside the niche market you know and that's just because like some of the shit that i make speaks to folks and like can sit cool next to a ninja turtle or something like that you know yeah or horsey booze case which she makes with me as well like she makes her own shit like she'll make some incredible original sculpt or something like that of like the tusk figure or something like that in which case it's already so niche that she's all just speaking to those people you know but yeah i guess it's just like making the i don't know dude i'm fucking lucky that people like what i make outside of like the resin world because it allows me to really fucking just follow my own instincts and my own like um paths that i want to go down you know and i don't know dude i mean fuck it you're only making 10 20 figures like it shouldn't be that much stress anyway if you're not having fun at the start of the process like at the whole the whole time and that's not the number one ingredient then like you know fuck it like yeah. think of something do something that is fun because that's that's the way it should be yeah i think that's what i love about being like working full time and then doing this on the side that mm -hmm. i don't depend on this income and so it just becomes fun whatever i want to produce i produce that's it i don't care mm -hmm. and i think that's the that was the key for me actually staying and sticking around for the year that i've been in this yeah. yeah, man, that definitely uh, leaves it a lot more flexible for you. And like, you know, even outside of that, like just the fact like you're not chasing like a sellout every time because yeah. I've done, you know, I definitely went down that path and it sucks, you know, trying to anticipate what somebody wants or an audience wants or what's going to be another sellout. It's fucking stressful. And it's like, you're not, I mean, personally, excuse me, you're not for me personally, I wasn't, um, leading with my heart so much is like all right cool what's going to get another quick sellout what's going to fucking you know make sure and you know be a sold out edition at the convention kind of thing you know yeah and uh that sucked and it still worked out but it just sucked to like be under that kind of pressure and like who's putting that pressure on you but yourself and so like to be like wait a minute fuck it dude the boss doesn't mind i smoke weed i don't think the boss is gonna mind if i start making shit i really just like only myself again so yeah so you know when the pendulum swung so i have two questions that kind of come from that one can you tell uh by looking at your own art when you were following like what you wanted to make and when you were chasing that next sellout oh yeah i mean that's that's pretty um i mean 
people can uh, leave it up to interpretation however they want and look at the work that I put out and draw their own conclusions, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like, you know, like, oh, that era. It's just like, oh, yeah, that piece, that piece. Yeah. And then number two, can is do you think part of, like, this idea where everyone, like myself included, we kit bash a lot with Star Wars figures and we'll use Star Wars figures to do kind of stuff. Do you think that that is attributed to chasing that sellout? Because we know that that's going to hit multiple markets if we use Star Wars figures sometimes. Like, Talk, I'm not speak on someone's motivation to use whatever source material and produce whatever they want to make. I mean... I know Star Wars is a lot of fun. Star Wars toys are fucking radical and like it's a blast to reproduce them and meditate in that world. So probably, you know, most folks are coming from like, regardless of what it is, they're probably motivated by fun on that. But the fuck do I know what other people are doing, man? And I think you have helped me identify how I want to make toys from now on. And it's as simple... Well, it's as simple as this. Like you took the hammerhead head, mm-hmm. put that shit inside of Professor Waffles' body. Yeah, That's dude. Something else. Motherfucker Professor Waffles, dude. That is the mutated piece of chewing gum that is obsessed with motherfucking waffles, dude. And that's a fun way to do some Star Wars throwbacks, you know? Like do something like, you know, that's there, but like tweaky, you know? Like a little nod, a little wink-wink, you know? Because there's some fucking... Um, zuckus legs on there too you know uh fuck i forget there's the bb8 head i mean it just transcends the shit out of star wars you didn't even think about that you just saw the hammer it yeah you know literally three different fucking pieces of star wars figures in fact there's generations of them you know Mm -hmm. but it just doesn't show there you know and on that thing the same token like i did a reaction um crotch area for a robocop and then i used a kenner vintage you know 80s robocop characters um biceps you know like i like to tweak out and do shit like that that probably no one's going to notice except for like killer bootlegs and suck lord but like cool you know yeah. like just weird shit like that that makes me happy and it just happens to be you brought it up it's not like i fucking have i ever mentioned that any of stuff i've fucking put up about it no no but it's fun dude it's just fun to psych yourself out and little wink winks to folks who are really down with that shit and can see it you know because that piece is just weird <laughs> yeah yeah and i love it. i think that's uh, like i've never in so i'm not a toy collector i don't collect yeah. toys if i see something cool like maybe i'll get it but i generally don't but i know that professor waffles for sure is something i'm waiting for because you tweaked things in such an interesting way and i have i don't generally see that everywhere well, that's because like the scenes lost focus in like being creative and like ingenuitive and like doing cool shit like that. Like back when I got into it, now everybody just wants to fucking you know make accessible, easy, quick shit. Some pun uh, on Star Wars, and there you're good to go. And just whatever, you know. Yeah. But a different thing these days. But like, you know, like you said, it's so fucking tweaky that you appreciate the artistry of it. If I should go as far as to blow that much smoke up my own ass. Yeah, blow away. Uh, I think what's, yeah, you you nailed it. Because I think that we look at, because we're like the bootleg spectrum or the art toy spectrum is so wide. You have mm-hmm. people like Death by Toys who sometimes will find something <clears throat> honey and throw it in a blister. 
you have on the far end, you have people like you who are like tweaking the shit out of toys and making these amazing figures. You have Sucklord who is like does a couple different things where he will do found art and slam it together and he'll so like you like the creative spark that you're talking about I want to hear more about that like what was it like when you first started what was that creative meaning purpose all that behind that man so when I got into it I wanted to get noticed and I also didn't want to look like some ding dong who was like me too you know just like we me too and like mirror what I liked so I just was like, how do I like pay tribute to my influences without blatantly painting into their own lane and looking like a dickhead and like coming into this new scene and new world that I have no fucking bearing in and I don't want to step on anybody's toes. How do I go about this? Well, I'll just make some shit that's got its own voice at the same time refers to different aspects of what's going on in the past and like what I'd like my shit to go towards in the future. Cause I started doing magnetic articulation pretty much like before. Not, I mean, I'd say maybe uh man or monster did it a few times, but I, you know, dude, like it'll go down in the history books. That I pretty much normalized and, you know, pioneered the whole magnet articulation scene. So I wanted to progress as well. But at the same time, I paid plenty of tribute and homage to, you know, killer and Falcon and suck Lord and, um, I don't know, man. I just made sure that I wouldn't fucking step on any toes. Like it's fucking really, uh, not too hard, you know, like have your own fucking voice and your own like original ideas and go from there. In the beginning, you know, it's pretty easy to go on Instagram right now and you can search up anything. When you first started making toys, you're talking about paying homage to these other toy makers that started before you. Mm-hmm. What was it like trying to find them? My buddy True Prey tagged me on Instagram on like Star Cause uh, or like Sucklord. I don't know, man. I don't fucking remember. I was pretty fucking like tanked. But uh, one way or another, like I found a pink star, Sam Sushi by uh, Falcon Toys. And I don't know, man. I mean, it wasn't a very deep rabbit hole in 2014, yeah. you know, man. <laughs> you, you could fill up your follow list with all 36 of the people doing it at the time and like whatevs. So like, I don't know. I didn't have to search or anything. It wasn't like I searched or like it just like I fucking got tagged one day and that was it, you know, dude. Like that that's how it uh I, I didn't, it was organic. I didn't intend for any of it that. I just, I found the shit one day and just fucking, I couldn't get it out of my head. I, I couldn't fucking sleep. Like I wanted to figure out how it was done. There's no, nothing on there now how to fucking do it. It was just freaking me out. Yeah. So as you've progressed for these years and you've seen people come and go and the scene expand and like, I don't know, do whatever the fuck it's doing. Um, what are some of the artists that you see? Because you, you, I, I don't know. I put you up there with a bunch of the OG people. What are some of the artists that you see coming that you're like, fuck, like they're good. Like this is happening and they're like way better than where I started from even things like that. Oh, like with the, the more recent like artists and stuff. Yeah. Or even artists that came, cause you guys have talked about waves. I don't know what fucking wave you guys are on or anyone's on, but like 
people even that come one wave after you or new artists? Like who, who are some people that you think they've nailed it or they're bringing back that creative spark? All right. Well, if I was going to like judge, like, and say like, Oh, these, these guys out of everybody else, <laughs> like special, these ones get the gold stars. I'd be like, yeah. butter on a summer day when she's around. I was on the tracks as the gate came down. Suddenly I recognized those bloodshot rear view mirror eyes as mine. You know the words? No. And I almost drove away, but Megan, I had a feeling that you would be on that train. So I just waited there for you. No, dude, you don't know the words? Fuck, no, I don't know those words. Well, that's what I got to say about those guys. I think they're all great. That's what I got to say about that. I think because I think so many people look to you to see, I don't know what they're seeing. You know, between you and uh, the honesty of Suckler, both of you guys have told me, (laughs) don't fucking listen to people, just make your own shit, which is nice. But it's a like a real honest thing that like this is just airy dude because then you have to sit on your own merits your own wackadoo shit and be there and like like you don't have c-3po with a boner to get applause instead it's you standing there and being like fuck yeah it's gnarly so yeah i mean on one hand fuck yeah make whatever you want that's really free and at the same time i get it it's like staring into the void and being like god damn how fucking cold is that and how far down is it if i jump yeah because i think there is uh i mean you've done the trial and error you've gotten to this point and so when new artists come out and they hear like no no just make your own shit that you you're absolutely right you've created a void and they're like they're looking at it like oh well, I don't even know what that means. Well, yeah, I mean, if you don't, fuck, I don't even know, man. It's it's like, it depends on how you, like, wh- what you want to do, you know? It really just depends on what your interests are and how you want to, if you want to do this stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Are you, so, I mean, you're talking about Horsey Boo creating as well, and mm-hmm. you guys are both, like, creating side by side and helping each other with you guys's art back and forth i'm assuming right very much that's the case yeah she's even helped paint like entire fucking editions of shit i've got to do because i'm banging out other shit at the same time you know so when you're i mean when you're not creating and she is you guys are just both doing that and then vice versa no not the fuck at all she won't let me touch any of her pieces or paint any of that stuff (laughs) um which is totally reasonable and fine by me, but uh, I am all about letting her, having her help me when I, I've needed it in the past. Not so much anymore because she's got her own scene going on and like she doesn't have time to waste her, waste on my stuff anymore and like I don't want to put that on her. Yeah. But yeah, she used to help me with the entire runs of paint and like, you know, uh, I don't think she'd uh, let me uh, paint her work if the paint put out a fire and she was like, you know, burning up. <laughs> but that's totally reasonable. I love her for it. She She's uh, got a really high standard for herself and it's fucking incredible. Yeah. You know, we have uh, SDCC, the virtual one and um, designer con coming up and all that shit. Is that something that you see yourself being a part of this year? Both of those? Well, I mean, who the fuck knows if, uh, you know, 
the world will still be spinning by the time Comic-Con arrives, but uh, I'm assuming I'll have my usual segment for uh, DKE uh, with the You're Very Special with Dollar Slice. Yeah. Um, so get excited for that. Uh, you know, and, you know, last year we had so much fun when I read Jenny Jinya stories and started crying within five seconds because you can't be human and read Jenny Jinya stories without crying. And I just wanted to do that. And it was, it was ridiculous. I don't know why I did it. Don't ever read Jenny Jinya stories, man. Just punch yourself in the balls. Uh, Just punch yourself in the balls instead. Don't even, don't, don't go down that rabbit hole. You'll feel a lot better if you just punch yourself in the balls. She she writes really, really, really heart wrenching stories about animals and the cruelty they endure. And like, yeah. oof, she just instantly like, you're not, yeah, you you don't want to do it, man. Is that why you're vegan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way I was uh, um, exposed to veganism was through like you know uh, vegan straight edge bands like Earth Crisis and like Culture and uh, One King Down whatnot and you go to a show and there's these tables with PETA and animal animal liberation front and they got these fucking videos playing on the tv and like the atrocities and the horror going on in like a fur farm or a meat factory or whatever and you go home and you, you know you're all fucking worn out from a show there isn't a fucking internet there's no screen so you're reading these pamphlets that got shoved down your throat and you're like wow really and like there's only so much time you can spend with like that stuff for me personally that i was like all right i guess i guess i gotta i guess my morality is dictating that i live vegan now so i was like 17 and yeah decided to live a cruelty-free lifestyle and uh that's why i went vegan you know you can pretty much like thank earth crisis yeah is uh horsey boot vegan with you no, no, not at all. Horsey yeah. Boo, uh, she she eats the whole spectrum of food. Yeah, I do. I run that with my wife. She's vegetarian, and I eat the whole spectrum of food. Doesn't right cause over. any issues or anything, but um, it's definitely like maybe I do need to read that Jenny stuff because like I don't have the same heart wrenching feel that like my wife would have if she read it. I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't think you need to do it to yourself. I'd, I'd honestly just take <laughs> a sledgehammer and like start from here and just boom into your balls. It's yeah. seriously far less damaging and painful than like reading her work. Yeah. Uh, um, we are entering into like this uh, new era with uh, toy shops opening up, these bootleg toy shops and all these things springing up in the past uh, year or so. And then you have like, I don't know if you've heard Toy Cantina, they just opened up probably mm-hmm. again. what are your thoughts on all that stuff do you plan on like is that another avenue that dollar slice is headed are you headed to like put your shit in those shops and do all that kind of stuff two parts yeah i think it's new because you're new okay but there's nothing new about it two you were saying like you know I, I was curious where you did find all this stuff since you weren't a toy collector and like all that how did you find this why are you here you know talking about this with me yeah so i was enticed by so i didn't even start with art so i, I start in painting i paint murals mm-hmm. or i'll paint walls and shit mm-hmm. um and a guy came to my youth facility to paint and graffiti on the wall 
and he was talking about designer con and all that stuff and yeah and he talked about how there was a guy there that made uh some kind of art with figures and his name was suck lord nice i was like great like that didn't matter to me and so i finally at some point like covid hit and i was like oh let's uh, let's go see what this guy's about um just on a fucking whim one day you're like hey someone told me about suck lord and like fuck it what is a suck lord yeah because if if we're being honest suck lord like that sounds like a porn name like that that's what that sounds yeah so yeah and so you were curious and you're like yeah what's up guys lips yeah yeah i was like oh let's see this shit um hoping it wasn't videos of it actually happening but like googled it and looked through it and just began to become almost like enticed by the scene like i started there and i just started like other artists artists after artists kept looking through different profiles and figuring out like what is this because i still wasn't understanding why it was or what it was or uh yeah fuck man it's pretty fucking wackadoo these days there's a there's a, a lot of um little uh spider web you know branches coming off the, the little circle that starts to suck lord you know like that's it's quite a little diverse uh art community i can understand where you just be like what the fuck is this because there's no connection other than like sort of toys but wait this is carved out of a fucking pin or you know i fucked it you know what i'm saying yeah. like so yeah yeah that, that must have been uh unusual to discover yeah and i mean i like toys when i was a kid i don't have any toys from that time like they're all gone and um i did the the typical like I got too, I thought I was too cool at a certain age and got rid of all of it. And that's when you know you're a lifer, when you start like getting interested in whoever you're attracted to. And you're like, oh shit, I got to grow up and I got to ditch this shit because there's no way I'm making out if I fucking have this in my room. But despite all that fucking like long term evolutionary magnetism to like, get your nut like instead you're like fuck it i'm gonna keep these toys in my room oh this is fucking horrible then you know that you're fucking like it's on dude so like i feel you man like i i wish that i had been like no i i don't know man it was really i i can understand getting rid of your toys at a certain age because you get to a certain point and like i remember getting heckled at the uh grocery store or not the grocery store but the drugstore where i was buying like my mcfarland max figure yeah. and the guy checking me out was like a toy and he looked at me and i was like 14 or 15 and he like chuckled and he's like i haven't bought a toy since i was a kid and this guy might have been like 19 or 20 you know mm-hmm. so it was just like okay even this dickhead fucking just like at the <laughs> pharmacy is like making fun of me radical you know so like yeah it's it's awkward i could definitely see being like yeah no i don't want to deal with this bullshit you know yeah and so like encountered all that and uh i don't know i i produced i i made one because i just wanted to see what it was like and it just flew off the handle from there and i think that what's cool is this toy community is open like i i think that any art form there's i think a couple things one any art form that has a bunch of gatekeepers in it I'm uninterested. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. not anything I want to be a part of. And then two, any art form that says you have to be this good to be a part of it, fuck that. And n- neither one of those exist in this toy community that I'm a part of. 
And so it, I think it's rad. Like it was, it just kept me enticed by whatever's going on. That's dope, dude. Yeah. And so that's what, now we're here at your interview. I think the podcast is just a cool way to get hopefully more eyes and ears on what's happening because this is a, it's a movement that's occurring that I am just stepping into, but is like preceded me by 10, 15, 20 years. Well, I mean, it depends like, you know, I mean, I can just parrot what everybody else tells you. It's not that exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's, I think the, well, the cool part is the different perspectives um, from the artists and from like, I have a couple, like I've had Garrett and Dustin come on uh, talking to Dove and his thoughts on where this is headed and all these things. And it's, it's just a, like a, everyone has a different perspective of And I've yet to meet two people that think the exact same about toys and this whole community, which is rad. Yeah. Oh, I mean, everybody's got their different motivations for what they're doing. So they're going to have a different perspective on it. You know? Yeah. A lot of the same overlap. <laughs> yeah. I think we all come back to the same, the, one of the things that's the same is like, it usually starts with you search something, you saw it and you're like, Oh man, I could do that. And then you start making and you try to make shit. I can't tell you how many artists I've encountered where that's been the start point. Yeah, I didn't have that same uh, motivation. It wasn't, I can make that. It was like, I have to make that. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like a choice. I, I didn't get a choice. The universe was like, hey, here you go, dude. 34 years, you ain't figured it out. Here's what you're fucking doing. Yeah. And I just had to do it. Which was badass to think, like, even after 34 years, you finally, you stepped into this and were like, yep. Found it. This is it. Oh, I know, right, dude? The 34, you're supposed to be a complete fucking failure if you haven't fucking established yourself and walked into a career or something. Instead, yo, like, I was floundering the whole goddamn time, you know? But it just happened, you know? I mean, all, you know, before that, I was doing hair on tour selling weed, you know, man? Like, ah, fuck, I don't even know, like... You know, for a while, dude, I used to fucking be like, like, you know, that, that band, The Used. Yeah. Like, I was on Warp Tour. I just saw fucking Bert sitting there smoking some weed. And I think this was 2003 as well or something. And this one was when having medical weed was really unusual. It was impossible to find a recommendation. I just happened to have one. And I was like, that's the singer of the used and he's dating kelly osborne i bet he's got a lot of money to spend on weed <laughs> this guy's gonna be a client and i went up to him i was like what's good dude let's smoke some weed and i fucking popped it out of the medical jar and you know eyes bugged out and within 20 minutes we were in my car driving across the bay to oakland to go pick up some weed and there you go dude that was it for like two years man it was like all those top tier artists man like for a while dude i was selling oh man it was just like i was <sighs> It sucks, you know, it wasn't like going anywhere. It was in direction, but, you know, I was selling weed to fucking good Charlotte. I've sold weed to fucking Ice Cube, you know, fucking, geez, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about too much about it. One time, though, when I was really drunk, I farted on Lindsay Lohan. There you go. <laughs> you just throw that out like it's no big deal. You farted on Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, dude, I was out with those girls from the TV show The Hills when they were filming, um, and uh, we were at this place called um, Tokyo or something like that, 
I forget what it is. Some fucking dumbass hipster fucking sushi joint where they had karaoke. And so we're there and like, because it's a place where fucking lamer like celebrities go, Lindsay Lohan was there and she was tanked. I was tanked and I was already there like not to fucking leave with Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan was coming on to me really hard and I was just like wasted and like, what do I do in this situation? Well, fuck it. She'll never forget me if I just fart on her. That's what I thought. You know, I was super wasted. So I just turned around, ripped ass, and Lindsay Lohan got us all kicked out, long story short. I mean, that's the way to end some shit right there. And I want to talk about um, what's to come. We're excited to hear the things you've got going, irons you got in the fire. So this is that last part of that podcast is just for you to talk about. I hope you know the words of this one, all right? Oh, fuck. You're going to do another song. Beating heart, baby. Fuck, I have no idea. Baby, is this love for real? Beating heart, baby. Let me in your arms to feel the beating of your heart, baby. The beating of your heart, baby? Have no, no. fucking idea. You, you want nothing to do with me. And you, you want nothing to do with me. And I... I don't know what to do with you, cause you, you don't know what you do to me. Baby, is this love for real? Let me in your arms to feel the beating of your heart, baby. No? No, fuck, I don't know any of these songs. Dude, I know. Send me a playlist so I can get my shit together. No, no. <laughs> I gotta fucking work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, hey, thanks for coming on and like giving me yeah. time. Thanks for having me. It's been yeah. Toys on tap. Next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're gonna want to listen to it. It's not right now though. You're gonna have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on tap. The next one's gonna be good too. So stay tuned and and, and listen to that. Awesome.